Hello, my name is Paul Caddy, and welcome to the Business in a Digital Age podcast. Today's guest is one that we are very excited about, the Right Honourable Justine Greening. In 2018, together with entrepreneur David Harrison, she established the Social Mobility Pledge, a scheme aimed at broadening social mobility and opportunity. Here's what's coming up on the podcast today. I genuinely do feel like there have been moments in history where we've taken that next step, whether it's putting in place a national health service because we understood that mattered broadly, or a welfare system. I I feel like there'd be moments when we thought, right, we need to get a bit nationally activist on something, and we've done it. And we now, I think, need to do that on social mobility, and I feel like that is where we are headed. And, And what a brilliant thing for Britain to do anyway for a wider world to be able to say, hey, you lot, I know you all think we're the ultimate class-driven society and that has been true. Well, I'll tell you what, we've, we've unlocked all of our talent now. And so if we can do this, anyone can do it. I think if that doesn't motivate you, this sort of ability to slightly reinvent who we are and what Britain stands for, not just for ourselves, but for a wider world, I don't know. I don't know what does, but for me, you know, what a fantastic legacy for the future that we could help create. Wow. So what can we say about Justine? She worked 12 years as an MP with six in the cabinet under two prime ministers. She stood down as an MP in 2019. She was the first education secretary to attend a comprehensive secondary school and the first in her family to go to university. Justine is chair of the Purpose Coalition, which is made up of employers across Britain working cross-party, bringing together the UK's most innovative leaders, parliamentarians and businesses. The goal? To improve, share best practice and develop solutions for improving the role that businesses can play in breaking down barriers to opportunity and boosting social mobility. Justine joined my colleagues and co-authors of Legal Practice in the Digital Age Tony Randall and David Jackson a few weeks ago in our podcast studio in London. So it's over to Tony. An aspect that that Dave and I have uh, discussed in the past, um, relating to technology actually, is that the the more that technology, artificial intelligence develops and is adopted, then the technical aspects of lawyering, and I'm sure it's true of other professions as well, the purely technical aspects will actually all the heavy lifting will be done by the machines. Um, and actually, what ultimately will distinguish good professional services businesses from poor ones will be the human element that the humans, the people, apply to their customers, to their clients. Um, and we like to think that when that stage is reached, it will be those people, those staff, those employees who have the best empathy, the best life experiences that they can then apply in the work that they're doing for their customers and clients. And certainly our experience has been that in some of the the people we've taken on and subsequently offered full-time jobs to, that because they've actually had more of a struggle in their life, they've actually got stronger life experience to deal empathetically with people and to associate with some of the challenges and problems that they have. Does that strike a chord? I think if I was picking an athletics team, 
I would be thinking, right, who's had the toughest training regime? And who can I evidentially know is probably going to be more boot ready? And I'd be going for those people rather than ones that just run around a track. And it's hard to do stereotyping because, of course, lots of people from all sorts of backgrounds have lots of challenges. But when a major accounting firm in this country that's very well known looked at its successful people all the way through the organisation, so everyone has a um, an appraisal, as we all know, after you go on most clients, and, and they did that. And they thought, well, this is interesting. Why don't we take all the people who get the top appraisals all the way through the organisation at every level, and we'll see if they've got anything in common. And so they did, and they had nothing... There was no correlation with um, with academics. And of course, why would there be? You know, the fact that I got a first from Southampton, was I automatically going to be a better auditor slash accountant than someone who got a 2-1? No, of course not. Um, but it was there were three things in common. One was um, they'd all had adversity during their formative years. The second was they had all had a, a paper round or a Saturday job. And the third was they had all been in teams of some sort, whether that was a sports team or community group. So in other words, successful people in this company um, knew how to get over problems because they'd done that quite a lot all the way through their lives. They were highly motivated um, and they were good at working in teams. Not a surprise when you talk about it in those terms, but actually they then reworked their recruitment process to find those people. I love that they collected the data on who in the organisation had had a paper round well, exactly. when they were kids. I mean, that's a, yeah. I think it came out anecdotally, and and I just thought, well, yeah, I did have a paper yeah, round. I did have a Saturday <laughs> job, so I could, um, I did swim with Robin Metro as, well. <laughs> so I could relate to it. But I could also think, yeah, actually, probably when I look back, you know, a lot so of demonstrate life a that capacity for hard work. Hard work, keeping on going, toughing it out, not get put, getting put off by by setbacks, and lots of people will have those qualities. But um, certainly, there are some people for whom getting anywhere in life means you have to. That's probably what that research was telling us. What do you think are the three concrete steps that businesses can do right now to improve social mobility? Have a plan like Sue Smith, be really conscious about what you are trying to do to make sure that you're an engine of social mobility and then measure again like Sue Smith. Um, make sure that your recruitment, your talent coming in is diverse, consciously diverse and and make sure you deliver on that. Always ask. And then I think on procurement, it's probably one area that matters for companies ever more and I think obviously it's important for the legal sector because you are procured it's about what you do with your opportunities and it's about how you choose to invest your spend with like-minded businesses plus of course smart stuff up in the community to make sure you've got your talent pipeline prepped up and prepared and ready and built in a version of Britain where it's a war for talent and talent has won. So I think it's those three things that really are probably going to define define success and failure 
in the and world. those are things every business can do actually correct it's the basic i mean i would call it the basics yeah. but there were if we did this podcast on climate say 10 years ago you know and we were talking about that i'd be saying oh plan, you know you need to have a plan on sustainability you need to be able to measure emissions um you need to make sure your supply chain's part of this um and probably you'll be better on recruitment because young people prefer to work for companies that aren't killing the planet so these two issues go go together climate has surged ahead in a sense in terms of its impact on on corp- the corporate world but expect the people piece to really go down that same road but a lot faster than climate and i, I think the challenge for employers is going to be that you can't just become a shoesmith overnight because it is very much about culture and you know your corporate dna and, and you know genuinely authentically caring about this so if you're a business that hasn't really had this on your agenda you may actually be really good on social mobility without even realizing it too much but you will need to go through a, a definite process on getting your thinking and your whole business into the right place to be able to really shine and do this do this the right way and do this in a way that is credible to an outside world yeah, that's fascinating. I think your observation on supply chains and procurement is a really smart one because ultimately we are a customer-led business. Most businesses are. And so if you've got um, customers or clients that are driving this agenda in terms of the suppliers that they select, I suspect you'll get lots more businesses engaging um, mm. with this really important agenda. And as you've already said, you know every business can and should be doing this not just because it's the right thing to do, but it makes sense from a business perspective. It's the right thing to do for business. And I think that in the investment community, we've seen obviously ESG and there's a debate around ESG and, and, and all of that, but behind it is a reality, which is we all know that climate change matters and unless a company knows how it's going to navigate what that brings why would you keep investing in it if it's not checked its business model is going to sustain? But it's going to be the same with people. And we've seen this here in the UK, particularly post-Brexit, which has almost had a shock to the talent market, if, if I can put it like that, in terms of the change of access to talent. You know, if you're not fishing in the wider talent pool, you will literally have a cost base that is higher than others. You won't get talent that other companies are competing successfully for, you will literally do worse. And so what again, what you'll see is the investment community wanting the nuts and bolts on what's your plan on all of this. Because if you don't have one, then I'm, I'm not going to invest in you compared to a company that does. And, you know, that is just where this agenda is going, but it's going to be better it's a better version of britain that comes out at the end of this and actually if we can do it as a country as a whole it's a much more successful version of britain for all of us you know whether you are a law firm that's part of it giving advice to more successful clients or whether you're one of those clients that is in a an economy that's really taking off and higher productivity with more people doing better higher growth this is a virtuous circle that we are trying to create. So even if it's just you doing it, you get a benefit. But actually, if we all do it, 
then there's a multiplier effect here that is potentially really, really powerful for Britain. And I like to think that for us as a country, and, and I genuinely don't think, you know, this is sort of British exceptionalism or anything I'm saying. I genuinely do feel like there'd be moments in history where we've taken that next step, um, whether it's putting in place a national health service, because we understood that mattered broadly, um, or a welfare system. I, I feel like there'd be moments when we thought, right, we need to get a bit nationally activist on something, and we've done it. And we now, I think, need to do that on social mobility, and I feel like that is where we are headed. And, and what a brilliant thing for Britain to do anyway, for a wider world, to be able to say, hey, you lot, I know you all think we're the ultimate class-driven society and that has been true. Well, I'll tell you what, we've we've unlocked all of our talent now. And so if we can do this, anyone can do it. I think, I think if that doesn't motivate you, this sort of ability to slightly reinvent who we are and what Britain stands for, not just for ourselves, but for a wider world, I don't know. I don't know what does, but for me... You know, what a fantastic legacy for the future that we could help create, you know, a structurally more successful version of this country than we've had in the past. That's what we're aiming for. That sounds like a brilliant vision to me. Justine, I wonder whether you'll indulge us in each of our podcasts. We always ask our guest um, one final killer question, and that is, what is the innovation or new way of thinking which you think will transform the world of business in the next decade? It's a twofold answer from me. One is onshoring our talent supply chain big time. And the broader point is talent drives everything. And I just don't think we've really understood that most basic of points in the past but we will do in the future wow thank you so much for your time this afternoon we really appreciate it it's been thought-provoking i've had goosebumps uh, during parts of that hopefully uh, our listeners will have really enjoyed um, listening to you as well i'm sure they have thank you once again justin greeny I love doing the podcast. I love what Shootsmith is doing on social mobility. I think it's genuine leadership. So thank you for everything, really. I think it makes a real difference. Thank you. In the next Business in a Digital Age podcast, we'll be speaking to Justine more about social mobility and why it matters. So that's it for today's podcast. A reminder, you can subscribe to the Shootsmith's podcast network on Spotify Apple Music, Amazon Music, or however you consume your podcasts. Thank you for listening today, and goodbye.